I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast. It is a Tuesday, May the 16th, 2023. Senior analyst Travis Ryer here with you back on the podcast alongside longtime team recruiting coverage provider, Hank South. That's right. We're going to get into some recruiting talk with Hank on this latest edition of the Bama Online Podcast. And Hank, man, it just doesn't slow down, does it? We've got these transfer portal additions to the secondary and Trey Amos and Jalen Key to talk about. And so let's start right there with the transfer portal. And call me crazy, Hank, but it seems like if Alabama goes to the extent of bringing portal guys on campus officially, the conversion rate for adding those players to the roster is, uh, I guess, pretty good. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, once they schedule that official visit, um, you know, it's almost like game over. Um, I was t- actually talking to to Trey Amos's stepfather last week when he announced his decision. And, you know, he was saying, and, you know, you look at uh, guys that have gone that route where, they, you know, they've, they've, they've transferred to Alabama. Like, and I know he's a defensive back, but, you know, guys like Jamison Williams, guys like Jameer Gibbs and, you know, what one year at Alabama did for them. Um, and, and so, you know, they, they said that's a really lucrative um, factor when, when, when it's considering these schools. So yeah, you know, two big, big additions um, in Jalen key and Trey Emily's last week um, to go along with the three others. But um, yeah, Bama, um, you know, it was, it was kind of slow in the portal, I guess at first. And then the last, you know, three, four weeks, it really, really blew up. Five additions via the transfer portal for this Alabama football team since the end of last season. And I know the most recent additions in Amos and Key made a lot of sense, I guess, because whereas you like Des Ricks and you like Antonio Kite, Jake Pope, Jalil Hurley, some of these younger players that you have at the corner and safety positions, you're also thinking about bridging the gap in experience and proven production when you look at Amos at Louisiana and Key at UAB. So from a surprise perspective, these latest couple of additions to the Alabama defense, they made a lot of sense, right? Yeah, I I think so. Like, you know, at first, at first glance, you're like, oh, Bama has defensive backs in the portal on campus. Like, what does that mean? It is, you know, you're, you're thinking, Okay, that, that's kind of surprising. But then, like you said, you dig into it. You know, you're replacing a lot of um, veteran players there. You know, you're losing Jordan Battle. You're losing DeMarco Hellams. Um, you don't really have a, a really proven option opposite of Kool-Aid at the cornerback position. So then, you know, you look at these two guys and you're like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you, ha- you have a lot of young talent at the position, but you just don't have a lot of proven talent at this point. Um, and, and, you know, that's what Bama is all about is just raising the level of competition and, and everyone, you know, I thought it was funny. I was talking to Tim Watts and, you know, people I, I see on Twitter or on the message board, you know, oh, what does this mean for Malachi Moore? What does this mean for Terry on Arnold? Are these guys going to transfer away? And, and then you talk to, uh, you talk to Trey Amos's camp and Malachi Moore and Terry on Arnold were the ones that were hosting Trey Amos on the visit. And then, uh, or, or I'm sorry. Or, yeah. Trey Amos. And then, you know, um, uh, I'm sorry, Kool-Aid hosted Trey Amos on the visit. And then, you know, Jalen Key was spending time with um, with Malachi Moore and, uh, and Terry on Arnold. So, 
Um, I, I don't think those guys are too concerned. I, I think that, you know, that they're, they're used to this. They're used to, you know, working for their spot. And that's a good thing. You know, you want the buy-in at, at, all, at all these uh, positions and all these, these guys in the program. So, um, yeah, now, you know, here we are a couple of weeks later as, as this is unfolded. I'm not surprised. It, it makes sense. And, and I think it's a really good thing for the album of football defense. Yeah, when you think about linebacker with Trez Marshall coming in, the secondary with the guys we're talking about, tight end with C.J. Dupree, kind of figured that they'd like to bolster some things at those spots, whether it yeah. was due to low numbers, experience, or maybe a combination of both. And so if we're going to talk about the biggest surprise of the portal additions to this point, for those reasons I just outlined, I guess the surprise factor would point back to quarterback where yeah. Alabama already had four scholarship guys on the roster. Is is that where you would start if we're talking about a surprise edition of these five? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, you, you can make a really solid case for the other four. Tyler Buckner, maybe we can end up making a solid case uh, this fall when, uh, when, when, when everything starts. But, yeah, coming out of the spring um, – you know, we obviously we didn't see a lot at A-Day at the quarterback position. I think both guys are all, all you know, all the guys flashed at, at various points and, and, and showed promise. But, you know, there wasn't a guy that really separated himself um, at the position. So obviously Bama went out. You know, there was the Tyler Van Dyke buzz the week before. Who knows, you know, how real that actually was. And then Buckner entered the portal and, and, and has that tie to Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator dating back to Notre Dame. And, you know, he's, he's kind of a question mark at the quarterback position. You know, we, we, he, he hasn't played a lot due to injury. You know, we saw him really flash in his last outing against South Carolina and the, in, in, in Notre Dame's bull win. Uh, but beyond that, you know, you don't, you're not really sure what you're getting in him. So um, could be really good, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, again, going back to that competition, you know, it's going to kind of push all these guys. I think it's, it says something about, you know, Ty Simpson, Jalen Milrow, that neither of those guys entered the portal, um, you know, everyone was like, you know, which one's going to go now that Buckner's committed? Um, neither did. So, uh, you know, it's setting up for a really interesting competition um, this fall. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that that's the surprise. Absolutely. You know, we, we spent all offseason talking about, you know, Ty Simpson, the five star quarterback coming in and Jalen Milrow, the experienced, experienced guy in the roster that has that has a, a start under his belt. So um, Buckner would definitely be where I point to uh, in terms of surprise portal additions. Death, taxes, and overreaction to quarterback competitions on A-Day. Those are <laughs> traditions unlike any other at BamaOnline.com. We love it. I mean, we love oh, yeah. to, to put a lot into those performances because, frankly, they're the extent of what a lot of us get to see over the course yeah. of 15 practices in March and April. And I think you hit on it. We saw flashes from Milrow and uh, Simpson and even the young guys, the two yeah. early enrollees, you saw good stuff from Dylan Lonergan and Eli Holstein. And, you know, to be fair to these guys as well, you go back and you rewatch a day and you really pick apart the plays and you see that Simpson Milrow, these quarterbacks weren't always helped by receivers either. There were right. too many drops. Uh, there were pass protection issues, especially where Milrow was concerned with that first group on the edge there uh, with the offensive tackle position on the left side still to be determined. So I guess Reese's relationship with Buckner at Notre Dame tells you in some way that Reese already thinks Buckner can be the guy, not that he will be, but that he can be yeah. uh, the guy at Alabama. I think the bigger obstacle for Buckner will be selling Nick Saban on that notion. You know, Saban's going to be looking to see if the rest of the team buys into Buckner here in the next couple of months and into fall camp. And 
you know, if the evaluation is close at the end of August, that's the guy Saban is most likely to start the season with. The guy that he senses the rest of this team, starting with the offense, is really sold on. Otherwise, you know, while Saban is big on player development, as you know, Hank, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean he's going to head into a season with the mindset of it being a developmental season at multiple positions. I guess, in other words, there's no such thing as rebuilding at Alabama, especially yeah. in the portal era, right? Oh, yeah. And it's such a it's such a different um, situation than what we're really used to, you know, covering Alabama football or, you know, watching Alabama football the last few years. I mean, the last time we entered a season where there was, you know, you know, question about who was going to be the starting quarterback. What was that? 2016, um, you know, when, when, against USC when, you know, Barnett started and then Jalen Hurts relieved him. And, uh, you know, back in 2015, where they were still kind of working out the Kings before Jake Coker eventually took over. So, you know, beyond that, you know, it's been Hurts, been Tua, it's been Mac Jones, it's been Bryce Young. There hasn't been that, that question mark. So I think it obviously that leads to to all the, you know, the debate, the discussion of what's going to happen um, even more so, you know, at, at this point on the calendar. No doubt about it. And as we know, again, team wide, the roster over a decade and a half plus under Nick Saban has been constructed in a way to reload and compete for the national championship on a yearly basis, not every other year, not once every three years. And look, Nick Saban's also at a point in his career where there aren't really seasons to write off. And again, he wasn't interested in rebuilding when he was 58, you know, (laughs) let alone 71. So, all right, we've got the month of June on the horizon here, which these days means a confluence of camps and official visits. I think we talked about this before, Hank, but has June become easily the most newsiest month on the recruiting calendar? I think so, because, you know, yeah, like you said, you factor in the official visits and this is, you know, it's really becoming more of the trend. And Alabama has kind of been at the forefront of this, you know, since official visits have been allowed in the spring and, and summer is, is get those official visits in in the summer. You know, make sure you get one of those dates. Make sure you're, you're able to really um, get your top targets in because this is the time of the year where the coaches have time to spend with them. You know, if you get them in on a game week and especially a big game weekend where, where the coaches are preoccupied and, you know, they're doing game planning, they're going through all that. You know, you only have a few hours with the coaches, but, you know, um, in comparison to the summer, you know, they, they can spend the entire 48 hour allotment with them. And so that's really where we've seen um, this Bama staff attack in terms of official visits. And, you know, we already see it now with uh, with everything scheduled or getting scheduled for the, you know, the four weekends in the month of June. Um, it's it's going to be pretty loaded every single weekend. And that's been the story of this, you know, the last few years since the COVID lock or the COVID dead period lifted is, is get those visits in in, in in June. So this year will be no different. Um, you factor that in, you factor the camps in, obviously Bama is going to be, you know, kind of reshuffling their board, figuring out who they're really pushing for. You know, we see, um, you know, kind of coupled with official visits is, you know, you can't work out on your official visit. That's a NCAA rule. But what we've seen in the past is kids will come on a camp date unofficially work out and then they'll stay and begin their official visit after that. So it's separate. And so we've seen that where, you know, kids will work out, you know, uh, you know, secure their place in, in terms of top target standing, I guess, um, and then take an official visit. Um, and then, you know, um, uh, you know, be a, be a target from, from that point on. So we've seen that happen. Um, obviously there's a bunch of camps, there's a specialist camp, there's OLDL camps, there's, you know, seven on seven. So it really is, um, you know, the busiest month in terms of just, 
just something happening really every single day. And compared to December, you know, you got the coaches on the road. There's not really a lot of guys on campus. There's a few, you know, remaining official visits. Um, sometimes, you know, handful of big targets that that wait till the very end. And then you run that up until early signing day. But um, in terms of every single day, really, June, I, I think, kind of takes the cake in terms of busy months. Yeah, I was adding it up in the database at 247sports.com and I see 15 official visitors on the books for Alabama in the month of June. Then I went to the camp page. Alabama has 10 one-day high school camps in June and a one-day youth camp. So that's 11 camps, one-day camps for the Alabama staff in June. Then you take and plug in the official visits. You just said it. Every single day, it seems like, in the month of June Mm -hmm. is X'd off for Alabama in terms of some semblance of camp, recruiting, a mix of both. And now you also have camps that can include, I guess this has been going on for a while anyway, college transfers, by the way, can take part in some of these, I guess, these one-day camps. And you think about the camp industry, and it used to be almost entirely about youth overnight fun camps. (laughs) And as I said earlier, now there is one one (laughs) one-day youth camp. So the recruiting impact, impact on camps has changed uh, a couple of industries within the the camp circuit I guess in more than one way and speaking on that you know then you factor in you know remember what four or five years ago the the satellite camp discussion those are still things now too and so you know there's camps hosted at whether it be you know TCU or smaller maybe like a Sam Houston State or uh you know, I'm um, trying to think of random smaller schools <laughs> where it's a satellite camp. Kids come out and then uh, FCS you know, have, is for sure. Yeah, yeah. The FCS is. And then, the you know, the the usually, you know, we don't see we'll, we'll see, you know, college assistants go out and, 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 uh, and, you know, be representatives for their schools at those. But that that's also a factor. So there's really no uh, no breather there in the month of June. So really, I, I think in terms of slowest times you're going to get on the recruiting calendar, Right now, through the neck, through the Memorial Day weekend, is is about as slow as it as it gets in recruiting. You know, it's the time of year where you start thinking about, and you get a better understanding, I guess, as we get into the summer for these 2024s, especially positional depth in the upcoming cycle. And when I look at it from that perspective, wanted to ask you. In that regard, an area, a position where depth is such that Alabama might benefit a great deal from it. Yeah, um, you know, I I think in terms of, you know, guys, you know, for this class where they could, uh, you know, really sell the need. Um, I think I wrote, we wrote about this earlier this cycle. Uh, and, and, you know, it's hard, you know, looking at it, you're like, oh, well, you know, their spot's loaded up or they're, they're good here. But I I think back to. Uh, last December where, you know, offensive line wasn't really a need. And then we saw the portal entries and offensive line quickly became a need. We saw, you know, JV on Cohen Lee. We saw obviously Tyler Steen declare for the draft. You know, we, we saw all this movement. So, you know, you can go into a certain time in the recruiting calendar thinking, oh, you're set here. Portal calendar opens up. Guys leave, which is happening for every program. It's not just unique to Alabama. And then that position quickly becomes a need. We saw Bama go out and, you know, add Caden Proctor um, late in the cycle, which turned out to be a really big pickup for the staff. So, you know, looking at it now, you know, I, I think how it's set up, 
Um, you know, I think running back is going to be a lucrative position in this 2023 or 2024 class. Um, you know, especially, you know, depending on, you know, Roy Dell Williams, Jason McClellan, those guys could be on the way out after this season. Um, obviously you're, you're loaded with young talent in terms of justice Haynes, Richard Young, and then Jamarian Miller, who, who has a lot of potential. Um, but you know, I, I think, you know, when you, when you look at, um, you know, recruiting that position, I think guys are going to see, you know, that there's opportunities to, to be in the rotation there. Uh, with guys like Kevin Riley, Riley just down the road, um, Daniel Hill, Nate Frazier out of California. So I think that'll be a position. I think both offensive and defensive line are, are going to be lucrative positions to recruits um, in in this cycle. You know, we still haven't seen Bama land an offensive lineman in 2024. They're they're crushing it in 2025 with, uh, um, you know, Mason Short and Dontrell Glover, those two recent additions in that class. But, um, you know, so far there, there's no additions. Not, you know, obviously that's going to change. Um, but they're, they're, they're just haven't added anybody there yet. Defensive line, you know, there's a lot of young talent, but there's not a lot of proven talent. Um, you know, we're going to see some guys draft eligible after this. You know, Aboigbe is going to be gone. Um you know, there's Tim Smith eventually, Jamil Burroughs, but, uh, you know, there's going to be opportunities there for, for young guys to step up and potentially, you know, that be a need in this class as well. So I think those are kind of some areas that, you know, Bama can really sell on the recruiting trail in 2024. Right now at BamaOnline.com, Hank has his five summer commitment candidates for the Crimson Tide. You want to check that out right now at BamaOnline.com. And Speaking of commitment candidates and the upcoming stretch that we outlined earlier with as crazy as June promises to be, as we sit here in mid-May, Hank, Alabama has six commitments for the 2024 cycle. The most recent coming from North Carolina outside linebacker Caden Jones three weeks ago. Hank, if I set the over-under for commitments in the month of June for Alabama with the 2024 class at four and a half, at four and a half commitments for the month of June for Alabama for 2024 guys, would you go over or under that number? I'm going to say for the month of June, uh, I'm going to say under just because I I think, you know, the board's going to get set visits are going to happen. And again, um, this year might, I'm interested to see what happens because, and we haven't talked about it yet. The, the July 1st marks the first, um, time in, in recruiting that recruits can take as many official visits as they want for themselves. That's so, true. Yeah. um, you know, usually what we see happen and I, and I, I don't foresee this changing because I think kids are still going to kind of stay to the same schedule because official visits, I mean, that's a, that's a very time consuming thing for families, scheduling all that. I, you know, we see kids take their visits in June, then announce their decisions in July, typically. And, and last July was Alabama. I think, you know, I don't even remember. There was at least, you know, seven or eight commitments in the month of July into early August. So I think July will be over 4.5, um, but June I think we're going to see kids, um, you know, take their visits, take their official visits, do their camps, do all that. Maybe a commitment or two here or there, maybe later in the month, but I think it'll stay under. I think July will still be a big month, but I am curious to see how that new um, official visit ruling will will change kind of timelines and, and the landscape of all that. Yeah, I think last year I, I went back and checked this out, as I'm sure you did too. July was especially busy a year ago from a commitment standpoint, really even into early August, mm-hmm. you had a lot of activity where commitments were concerned. I think in June of last year, you still had around five. So that's okay. why that's where the four and a half comes from. Yeah, no, uh, it's absolutely a research happen. there. So, but, but as you said, the, it, there, there's a, a quirk there, there's di- a, a difference in, in this time around with that 
uh, July arrival of unlimited visits. So that'll certainly be something to keep an eye on as well. Either way, crazy stretch coming up for yeah. Hank South. So any T's and P's you can get up for him. Well, that would be <laughs> greatly appreciated. Now, Hank, we can't let you out of here without getting your, you know, you're an unabashed golf fan like myself. Yep. Uh, we make no qualms about that. We got the PGA Championship coming up uh, this week. Uh, give me your PGA Championship pick as we sit here on a so Wednesday now, yeah. or Tuesday. You, excuse me. Yeah. You asked me ahead of the podcast, and I, you know, so I have to think about it. And I was, I was thinking about it. I'm going to go Cameron Young. That's going to be my pick for for the winner. He you know, breakout he win. Breakout yeah. win. Yeah. He was close in the uh, the Dell match play. Got to see him up close. So obviously, I'm I'm partial to the guys I've been able to see in person. Uh, love John Rom. We've talked about that before, but, um, I'm going to go Cameron Young. I think this is his week. Wow. Got the new caddy and Paul Tesori. This is how deep we get into the golf talk. We even get into caddy talk. You know, <laughs> it's not just the players, but, uh, yeah, Cam Young's do. I mean, a special talent, no doubt about it. Can he put it well enough? He can certainly strike it. There's no doubt about that. You saw that firsthand out there in the the Austin area, um, you know, I'm going to go chalk. It's hard for me to look away from Scheffler and, and, and Rom at this point, but yeah. I'll give you a surprise. I'll go Sunjay M uh, okay. as a pick because he's another guy that can really pure it. So uh, a little surprise pick there for you in the international and yeah. in M for me, but uh, we'll be locked in both Hank and I, don't you worry about yeah. that coming up this weekend. No doubt about that. Hey, Hank, as always, man, appreciate the time here on the pod. Definitely. Thanks, Travis. Thanks, Al. Always doing a great job for us at BamaOnline.com. You want to hang out with us on the roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans around the globe. And if you haven't subscribed to the Bama Online podcast right here as of yet, you can do that wherever you consume pods. You're going to find us, the Bama Online podcast. If you leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate that as well. For Hank, Travis, thanks again. And until next time, so long, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.